<laughs> Did that pick up? <laughs> nah, it didn't pick up. Didn't pick up. <laughs> I, hit, I hit record right after that happened. <laughs> Yo, what's happening? This is another episode of Helping Homies Win the Podcast. Who is for lifting a generation? I am Antonio J. Bell. And this is T. Ross. Yo, we got a very, very special episode today. Um, we focused on, on Antonio. Antonio hey. J. Bell. Um, man, this guy right here is my brother, y'all. And I mean that in, in the sense of a brother. I don't have a... Uh, a blood brother, but uh, blood couldn't make us any closer, my man. But well, we blood, so it's all good. That's right. No, Amen. Just, Amen. No, I took it right up on. He said he was, nah, run the podcast back, bro. He said, it. I heard it hey, right here. Hey, you he claim a blood. Where you from, homie? Hey, bro, I heard you with episode two. Bro, I'm from, episode I'm, one? I'm from Vegas, bro. I don't bang. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, hey. But um, I just want the people to know, those of you that are listening, I appreciate you. Um, this man, Antonio, has given a new purpose or a new meaning to the word intentional um, for me in my life. Um, You've just, said that before, bro. I've, I've said that before? Yeah. That's crazy. That means I really mean it because I don't even remember <laughs> saying that. But um, I speak so often of how important it is for us to have relationships where we feel comfortable enough to speak. Speak honestly about our truths and, you know, in the ups and the downs and have people who are there to support you and love you through it all. You know what I mean? And I feel like this man, Antonio, has been that for me, and it wasn't something I was even open to from jump. You know, it was something that developed with time, and through, you know, just conversation and him reaching out to be intentional, to check on me, to be like, yo, bro, how you doing? You know, how's your situation? You know, how's work been? You know, what is it that you're working on? How did you get here? Doing so much to challenge me to be mindful of my life at a time where I felt like I was just blowing with the wind. You know, and since then, we've developed such a, a bond that, like I said, like you're my brother. You know what I mean? And I, and I can't say that about many. And, and I'm really grateful to have been blessed with a relationship. You know what I mean? Um, someone that I can, once again, like I said, be myself and, and, and find the truths of life together in that sense. You know what I mean? Through the previous relationships that I've been in, through you know, the different jobs that I've had and lost, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to, you know, you and your life, your situation, switching career. Like, we going to get into all that. Yeah, but yeah. just to be able to live life and, and to know that I have someone that I can look to, confide in, um, and just build with is amazing. You know what I mean? And I definitely wish that everyone... Um, can can experience something like that, you know. So I really just ultimately want to thank you, bro. Bro, for, thank you, bro. Man, for just being here, dog. Like that's real. Like yeah. that's, that's as real as it gets. Yeah, I appreciate um, it, man. And I, and I'm sure they feel it through the conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what man. I'm saying. So um, I mean, I often say, man, like this is the best definition of iron sharpens iron. Whoo! You know, this this friendship, this relationship, man. So I, I definitely appreciate you for that. And I love how eloquent you are, bro. Because on the last podcast, I go, yeah, man, because you like one of my only true friends. And you go, <laughs> you go, yeah, man, this is like, he's like a real, real brother. And I just wish and hope that everybody can have that. Like, I wish I could put stuff together like that. Like, that, that's what I meant to say on the last one. Because y'all my friends, too. I got other friends. But I just hadn't been able to express it the, the right way. And this is what homies are for, bro. Hey, bro, I appreciate that encouragement because I felt like I messed it all up just now. <laughs> but I received that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it, bro. Like... You know, who are you? Like, like, where did you grow up, first and foremost? Like, where are you from? 
I'm from Inglewood, California, man. I grew up um, right off of Rosecrans and Fremona, you know, just west of Inglewood Ave. So I, grew, I was born at Centinella Hospital. Okay. That's where I was born, where Inglewood. I would later work, but we'll get to that. But I worked at the same hospital I was born at. That's full circle. Super right there. random. Um, but yeah, man, grew up in Inglewood, California. It was a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. Me and my mother shared a bed, so I was probably like in middle school. To wow. keep it real. But she used to work nights as I got older. So she wouldn't be there. You know, so it'd be my room, it was my, just my you. place. Yeah, after, there was a point, I forget when it happened, when I was just like, bro, I don't want to go to my dad's house. Like, can I just stay here? Mm. And my mom, look, it was like, you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm straight. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the house. Dang. And then she went to work. I went to sleep. And I, I think she came home the next morning and took me to school. You know, and that's just how it went. But, no, actually, no, I walked to school. That's when I first walked to school in, in, in middle school. But... You know, it was just a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. There was a moment, you know, a couple years where um, my grandfather, similar to your situation, mm -hmm. he lived next door. To so, Yeah, when I was oh, wow. young. So I was like, you know, my, my grandfather passed when I was six, or mm. uh, five and a half, six, right at the time when I met my father. Wow. Right? Universe is whoa, crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right at the time when you met your father. Yeah, so I didn't meet my dad until I was like five turning six, I believe, okay. or I was just turning five, something like that, I can't remember, mm -hmm. I've heard different stories, but <laughs> I met my dad right around that time, and, and not six months, not a year later, my uh, grandfather passed away, mm. so it's almost like I traded fathers, because yeah, yeah. my, my grandfather, you know, the functioning alcoholic he was, was like my dad, mm. you know, growing up, man, like, the memories I have of him, which are few, it's really just emotions I have towards him, he was like, you know, my hero. Wow. Crazy, right? Wow. But he used to live next door, man, and uh, my mom would go to work or uh, need to go run errands or whatever, and I would walk next door to my grandfather's house. You know, he had a parrot, uh, like a parakeet kind of bird used to mm -hmm. fly around the house and, you know, go crazy or whatever, but I used to kick it there with him. Wow. You know, and that's actually because, you know, Antonio J. Bell, J stands for what is. Mm -hmm. That's not my middle name. Whoa. You, you knew this, right? No. I thought you knew I thought this. I thought your middle name was Waters. No, bro. That's not my middle name, bro. I, I've used that as my stage name um, to just give honor and, and, just, and just to show love to my grandfather. What's your middle name? Day Marcus, bro. Oh, yeah. I did know Yeah, that. you know that's, this, bro. I did know that. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So my mom right. said she should have. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I do know <laughs> You know that. this. My mom said that she should have. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, no. Bro, that oh. means I sold it, bro. Yeah, you sold it, bro. And this might be the only piece of anything that's ever gonna say that to. That's, that's crazy. crazy. But um, my grandfather was 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 a lot like me as far as like the comic and just me being crazy and outlandish and mm. just doing what I want to do, that personality. You know, I I I, I credit my, my father and my grandfather for that. So I give that to him just like to say, you know what I mean? Like, that's you know, that, just to show that. love and keep him keep him living. You know? That's love. I love that. Um, but yeah, he lived next door, one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. It's me and my mother is very much a, a, a single mom raised. You mm -hmm. know, my dad came in the picture. Um, I used to go over there on the weekends and my dad became very involved. And um, that was it. My dad had a place off 107th and Western. Mm -hmm. um, it was like my, my, second, my second place. And that was very much my, my, my young adulthood, my, my childhood. Man. Man, that slash Compton, slash Compton. I, all my family's from Compton, so I spent a, spent lot, a lot of time, of time in Compton. There. Of yeah. course, of course. That that's so interesting. Uh, just kind of sidebarring a little bit to hear you say, you know, you met your dad around five six, and just thinking about that relationship and how you refer to him as like you look to him as like Superman. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that. 
speaks a lot to that relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just your awareness of his presence in your life and, and, and the role and influence that he's had on you. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, ugly, in between, all of that. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's amazing. So, you know, you mentioned just like that's kind of where you were growing up through middle school um, in Inglewood or being in Inglewood, what, where, where, where did you move to from there? Like where, where, was, where was like your stomping grounds? Like where did you go to high school? So after that, I mean, in, you know, where I grew up at was borderline Hawthorne, borderline Lenox. So okay. I went to middle school at uh, Lenox Middle School. I went there for um, the first year, first, you know, first, first semester, sixth Lenox. grade. Okay. Then my mom pulled me out, and I had me a little girlfriend at the time. Didn't want to leave. I had me a little girlfriend. I had me a little How girlfriend. old are you, bro? Eleven? Bro, I don't even know, dog. I was young. Yeah. Bro, we didn't even talk to each other, dog. She became my girlfriend. We were never seen together ever. My first two or three high school relationships, yeah. middle school relationships, I didn't, you never see me with her. I was too nervous. But there was my girlfriend. <laughs> but that was your girl. Yeah, there was, my, there was my girlfriend. We might talk on the phone at home or whatever. But this particular one, I think her name was uh, Maribel. Hispanic oh, okay. chick. Okay. Never talked to her, bro. Yeah. And then I um, ended up moving schools. My mom put me in uh, Dana Middle School. Okay. And that's where I met Marion, Justin. Okay. You know, homies, all yeah, of them yeah. homies, yeah. Uh, well, through there, I met Marion. It was Marion, Dylan, Josh, and um, Marion, Dylan, Josh. Xavier, I think, was the fourth homie. Um, but you know that you know I went to, to Dana Middle School, went there for a year and a half, I think, a little over a year. But then got kicked out because I wouldn't keep my grades up. Oh wow! You know, so I got uh, expelled from there pretty much. Went back to Lenox Middle School, where I continued not to do my work. And at in eighth grade, it was like they were like, "Yo, man, if you don't get C's before the school year's over, you're not gonna graduate." So I failed all the way through middle school, got my grades up right at the very end, and then graduated, and then I go to Lawndale High School, and I live off of 147th and, um, and Rosecrans. Sorry, 147th and Inglewood. And Inglewood. Inglewood Ave. Okay. So wait, so, so you so we talk about grades, we talk about, you know, you weren't keeping your grades up, and you was going in between schools. Is there anything that stood out to you, like why that was the case? Well, I didn't care. Mm. I didn't care. I mean, it, it carried on in high school, man. My first, put it this way, I, I, went, I, got, I was going into my second semester of my junior year with 63 credits. And how much do you need? You get 30-something credits a semester. A semester, right? So I had, I had freshman year credits going into the second semester of my junior year. How did that, how did that, how did that happen? How did you push through to Nobody's get there? Really, how did I push through to, get, to finish? To, to get to junior year with that many credits. If that's freshman, how did you I get just, on to the next grade? How did you get to 10th grade? They push you along, man. They keep putting you into the next class with the expectation that you're going to go back and pick up the credits that you missed. Mm. I thought, I'm in Algebra 1B, so they ain't tripping. So you good. I must have flew under the radar like I did in middle school. So I was never really tripping off. I was like, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to get it together. And I never got it. It was working. Yeah. At that point in your mind or however it was happening, it was working. You, you was doing whatever you felt like you was doing, focused on what you was focused on, but they were still pushing you through. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I've, I've, I've lived my entire life, almost up until recently, just doing enough to get by. Mm. Just doing enough to just make it to the next step. Yeah. You know, it's how I've done a lot of things, you know, primarily high school. So... What got my grades in order was they wouldn't let me play basketball. Mm. I made the team every year, you okay. know, but I was an eligible freshman year, but still got to practice with the team. Sophomore year, I was eligible to start the season, ineligible by the time was finished, the season was over, but right. they let me finish playing. So when I tried out for uh, varsity my junior year, I was better than half my class. 
but they wouldn't put me on because they knew my grades were the gonna grades, be. Man. So I tried for JV. Yeah. Same thing. You you ain't gonna you ain't gonna be eligible. No. You know, so nobody pushed me, nobody believed me. That's like, yo, it's a rap. You're just not gonna be eligible. Wow. So now that I don't have basketball, I have no purpose in being at that high school. So I transfer, I go into this the office. This was at Londell. Londell High School. Yes. So I go into the office, uh, talk to my counselor, I'm like, yo, I need to go over to, to, um, to Lloyd High School. This is a, a semester one of my junior year. Mm. Put me over in Lloyd, man. I'm not going to graduate here. It's yeah. not, I'm not gonna, it's not going to happen. No, Antonio, you're a really bright kid. You're a good kid. All the bad kids go to Lloyd. Uh, mm. We really think that you can, that you can you know, make it through. You, need, you should probably stay here. Give it one more semester. Dog, I'm telling you, it's not about to happen. Yeah. No, no, just give it one more year. Let's see how it goes. We'll get you a summer school, night school, blah, 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 blah. Second semester. Man, you know what? You're right. You oh, probably wow. should go over to, to Lloyd because, you, 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 I mean, I think, I think you're too far gone, right? So my dad came up there. Um, first time I seen my dad cry. My dad came up to the school, was in the meeting with me and my counselor because my dad didn't know my grades was bad. I was hiding my report card from him, telling him I'm passing. My mom wasn't really communicating with him, mm -hmm. so he didn't know I was failing. So he came up to the school when he finally found out and talked to the counselor. But to see what can be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's crying, saying, you know, all I wanted for him was to be better than his, bro than, than, than his brother. Wow. You know, his brother didn't graduate high school. All, all he needs to do is go to school and get his grades up, blah, blah, blah. That's all he needs to do, right? So I see my dad cry, and that's the moment where it clicked for me, and I'm like, you know what? I'll do it for him. Wow. I do yo, it yo, 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 <laughs> yo, 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 yo. I saw my, you saw your pops cry. Yeah. That was the turning point yeah. for you. So, you know, we talk about the grades, you talk about, you know, basketball being such a big part. And, you know, essentially when that was kind of like essentially taken away, so what so would it feel, right? Yeah. Because of the no, very much so. like what who were you as a student outside of that? Like outside of the grades, because often I, you know, I work with students, and you know, I always don't feel like grades represent who they are. Who were you like as a student, as a young man going through these grades? Who were you as a person? Man, I was a smart kid. Mm -hmm. I got it. I mean, there's essays I wrote in in uh, high school that they thought were fabricated, that they thought I didn't write or whatever. Because I, I remember I wrote a story about uh, my experience working with my dad on set. My dad did craft service on movie sets. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about meeting Shaq and meeting Monique and all these different things. I remember one of my creative writing teachers saying, this is such a great story, too bad it's not real. Whoa. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what you mean it's not real? Right, it's not real. I think it was that story, but you know, that was very much like, you know, they just didn't believe that I wrote that. I remember writing a, a, a short story about uh, Dragon Ball Z as a kid, showed it to my older cousin, and he was like, man, you ain't write that. I'm like, nah, bro, I did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you, yeah, 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 yeah. I just. Yo, the fact that you said that, bro, says so much because you talked about flying under the radar. You talked about, um, it's almost like you were, you were generalized, put into a box. Oh, my God, yeah. Because of the grades, quote, unquote. Yeah of what the standard of the school, the institution is, mm -hmm. potentially missing out on what you actually did have to offer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it took an experience that you valued, you know, your, your pops, to be in a situation that essentially was a turning point for you. So speak to, like, life after that turning point. Like, after that turning point, yeah. man. To close up that last like little segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that last little thing is, like, I feel like oftentimes kids' work ethic or their identity is misrepresented by their grades. Mm -hmm. You know, so after that, after that turning point, I go to Lloyd High School, which is a continuation school, and, you know, it's a lot of, 
you know, disadvantaged youth, man, people whose parents are in and out or maybe on drugs, you know, family gangbanging, they might be gangbanging, this don't have a good shot, mm. you know, that have the world against them. All of those kids go to school with me, right? So after that point, man, I'm just like, you know what? It's packet work, bro. They give you a packet. This is the work you need to do. You work at your own pace. You get that class done as quickly as you want to or as slowly as you want to. Mm. So, man, I remember being in English classes, finishing them in three days. Wow. Finished my psychology class, I think, in three days or five days or something. Like, mm -hmm. whole semester classes. I'm just doing the packet work. Staying up to 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 in the morning, doing this work in class, going to town. Because the answers are in the book. All I got to do is fill in blanks. And as yeah. long as you complete the packets, you get in the grade. You know, so I went from having a 0 0.8 to having a, I think I graduated with a, with a 2.8 or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, great, great point average. How, how did that... Did that experience at all have an impact on even how you viewed yourself as a student, or did you feel like you recognized? It had an influence on how I viewed myself as a person. Oh. Because I remember I had a meeting with the principal around graduation. I was, I want to say, 20 credits or something shy of graduating or something like that. Okay. I was close, but it was like the last month of school. We ordering caps and gowns, and I'm trying to order mines, and the principal goes, you really think you're about to graduate? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get it done. You know, he's like, oh, you got X amount of classes to go. Like, you, you really think, I, don't, I just don't, I don't see you making it. Mm. Looked me dead in my eye and said you weren't going to make it. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to graduate this year. Like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. That was yeah. a decision I made. You already made and the I, decision. And I just stepped yeah. out on faith with it, you know? And come the last day of school, I had 15 credits to make up, all math classes. I had, like, a test each to finish. Last day of school, graduations at 5 p.m., bro. Oh, this is literally the Bro, this last is it. day. This is it. I'm in class, and I remember this one dude, one kid next to me. He had one class to finish. I had yeah. three. One test, he had one test to finish. I had three tests for each class. Okay. And he's like, man, I'm going to come back next year. Walked off campus. I'm like, bro, one man. One test? One test. I'm like, bro, man, if I'm going to do what you're going to do. And the teacher was a hard ass. Like, yeah. he, he, wouldn't, like you know, he would grade your test and be like, yo, you got, a, you know, 3.76543782. Points for this answer. Like he was crazy with it, right? And I remember, you know, being in that class, doing my work, and I think he just saw my work ethic. I, I did what I needed to mm -hmm. do, and he, he gave me my credit, man. He saw he saw that grind. Yeah, he saw that in. grind. Gave me my credit, man. I, I graduated that class at 2 p.m. Called all my family, went over to Ross, walked up to Ross up, up the street, got me an outfit for graduation. What? And I and I and I walked. Bro, bro, <laughs> are you serious? I walked. Yeah. I walked. I made up two and a half years in one semester, I think. That's or, wild. Yeah. And I, it's so wild just because in knowing you, we, one met, year. we met after high school. You yeah. Know, so just having met you, your mindset where you were, I would never think that that was your, that, that was your journey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Through school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. So, like, what happened, like, like post high school, like you graduate, you know, you got your outfit from Ross. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I still go to Ross. You know I, mean? <laughs> I was at Ross <laughs> yesterday, bro. No lie. Like, like, like what? Like, what? What happened post high school? Like, tell me about that. What? Where, where did you go? What happened? Post high school, man. Um, I wanted to go to Santa Monica College and study theater. It was the plan? Okay. It was the plan? Um, didn't follow through with it. Couldn't even give you a reason why. Didn't follow through. Um, was I applied to El Camino, didn't do what I needed to do to get in there. Mm. So I get a job at Jersey Mike Subs, right off of uh, Rosecrans and Ocean, I this, think. This, this is, is 2009. 
Yeah, 2009. Because you graduated. Oh, nine? Oh, nine. So I, I work at, a, at a Jersey Mike's, you know, and I do really well, man. Like, I feel like, you know, those of us with very strong work ethics that is in us exceed at whatever we do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm in there killing it, bro. Like, learning every single thing I can do. Like, I wasn't a manager, but I was, like, you know, assistant manager without the official title. Like, okay. I was... You know, very much like the team leader, getting everything done. I was the fastest at prepping everything. I was, you know, great at sprinkling sandwiches, doing tricks with the bottles, throwing them in the air. Like, I, I took it serious, is bro. That, is that a thing at Jersey Mike? It's a thing, I've never been. Flipping bottles and doing the whole thing. That's yeah, thing. like you'll be sprinkling. We call it sprinkling the sandwich when you're making a sandwich. Yeah. putting all the toppers on it. And you throw the bottle in the air, do tricks and flip it, throw it behind it's your like back. It's like Benny Hanna for sandwiches. Yeah, for real. For real. Okay. So, like, I, I caught on to all of it and I was learning it and did that. And I was going to open up my own store, okay. you know, follow after my boss there, but, you know, I just wasn't really feeling it, like, I just, I just didn't really think that was my path, and then, you know, some firemen came into the store one day, and I'm like, legit, they look really cool, with their turnout pants, the turnout gear, and yeah. all their uniforms, everything, they drive around the fire truck, I'm like, yo, that look hard, I want to do that, so I was talking to them, became an explorer, and they're like, oh, what you need to do is uh, become an EMT, Right, so I take the EMT class. I'm working at Jersey Mike's. I live in Bellflower now. Yeah. So I'm taking the bus. Uh, I think it's the 120 down Rosecrans every day. You know, Monday I go to work. Tuesday I'm in EMT class. Wednesday I go to work. Thursday I'm in EMT Off class. Off the strength of a conversation you had with some firefighters that gave you some direction. Yeah, I looked at them and said, Yeah, I want to do that, and I just started doing it. You know, I didn't know if I was gonna be good at it. People were telling me I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna want to do it, but I was yeah. like, Ah, whatever. Let's see what happens. Have you ever like been interested at all in medical? In medical. You I was about purely it. interested in the lifestyle of a fireman. Wow. That was it when I started. That was the motivation. That was it. You saw them. You're like, yo, I want that. What do I need to do? I wasn't trying to save lives. I just thought that life, that story was dope. Damn. This is the actor in me, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to live, live that lifestyle out. I want to tell those stories. I was just about to say, like, it, yeah. it, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to tell those stories. So I started doing that. I worked for McCormick Ambulance for, you know, three, four years on and off. I worked for Centinella Hospital, the same hospital I was born at as for about EMT. two years, as an EMT. Um, I teach at UCLA for about six months um, before I finally moved to Georgia and continue it. Um, time out, bro. Time out. So you went from working at Jersey Mike's, yeah. becoming an EMT, working for, an amp, working for McCormick, McCormick. McCormick Ambulance, yeah. McCormick Ambulance, and then work, working at Centinella where you were born, yeah. and then teaching... What were you teaching? I was UC- teaching skills for UCLA's uh, uh, EMT program. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and amazing. This is at 20, 21, 22. At this point in time, what was your, your take on that? Because you were there for some years, right? Your, yeah. your goal was, okay, I want to become a fireman. Like the lifestyle, as you were living your day-to-day as an EMT, what was your take on that, on that, on that career choice? I enjoyed it, man. It was college for me. You know, but it was just life. Explain that. Yeah, I mean, so we, we, we stayed in, in a, a converted house, bro. So the houses were converted uh, to be ambulance stations. But they were just houses. Like, we had couches, we had TVs, cable, yeah. we had a couple beds, kitchen, refrigerator, stove. Like, it's normal. You know, wash the ambulances as part of our, our duties. But for 24 hours a day, you know, three days a week, I'm at this ambulance station with these people. Wow. Three dudes or one girl and two dudes, whatever it is. And this is like college for us, man. We're just, you know, having this experience together. We get a call. We hop in an ambulance, go into these calls. You know, 911, running these emergencies, man. So we're doing CPR. We're 
dealing with gunshot wounds. We're dealing with hit uh, car accidents. Um, we're dealing with hit and runs. We're dealing with kids getting hit. Whatever the case is, man. Any emergency, any reason you call nine one one. I'm dealing with that at that age, right? You know, which has a level of PTSD and things to it. Uh, we can discuss in a whole nother segment, but right. you know, that was my, my my thing, man. All in pursuit of being a fireman or nurse, because I was thinking about being a nurse at some point too. Okay, so you you talk about that 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 time of that being like your college, just the development, the experiences, all that you've encountered, and before that, you were looking into theater, so you already had an interest in theater at one point. You said that's the actor in you that kind of came out and wanted to live this lifestyle. Like, by this time, who did you become? You talked about moving to Georgia. Like, who did you become during this time that, I guess, like, how do you, like, I'm trying to figure out how you got from where you are now to, how do you get to where you are now from where you were then? Because that's, that's four, five years of EMT. Is it more than that? I got certified in 2010. And I still have my certification today. Bro, that, those two, medical, theater, like acting, how, like how? Like w w what happened in that time? Yeah, so as a kid, man, um, nobody, I wanted to be an actor as a young kid. You know, I was working on the Parkers with my dad, or helping my dad. He worked craft service on that. And I remember seeing this boy, young kid, black kid, acting. And I'm looking at him like, yo, I want to do that. You know, he's doing it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Talk to my parents about getting me in class, nobody moves, right? As I get older, you know, almost 10 years later, I have my own little job working at a movie theater, right? So I decide I wanna take acting classes. So I hop on Google, you know, how to become an actor. You need headshots, you need to go to acting school, acting classes, and you need an agent. So I follow the instructions, I get all that stuff done, you know? And this is like 17 years old, didn't really work out though. Didn't have any success. This is after high school or during high Toward school? Toward the end of high school. Towards the end. Toward okay. the end of high school, you know, and didn't really work out. Didn't really work out, so I just gave up. And I'm like, ah, let me get a real world job. Did that. You know, there was a point where I was pursuing acting again while I was an EMT, got in a car accident, right? Nothing major, but just wrecked my car. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get to acting classes. I took that as, I don't need to be doing this. Wow. I stopped again, you know? So it wasn't until... I moved to Atlanta four years ago now, which is 20, was it 2018, 2014? 2014, yeah. I moved to Atlanta with um, my daughter and her mother at the time. And I just had a moment where I was really unhappy. You know, I just didn't know why I was getting up in the morning, didn't hated my job, didn't know why I was here, what I was doing. And I wanted to make sure that my daughter never experienced that. Mm. So one of my major keys was I need to teach my baby that she can grow up and do what Whatever she wants to do, whatever that is, mm. you can do it. You don't have to work a job just to pay the bills. That does not have to be your reality. But then I sat, I'm like, yo, how am I teach my daughter that when I ain't living it? Mm. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing what I love to do. I'm getting up at four, five in the morning to go work on this ambulance, and I hate this now. Mm. Right? I hate it. 40 degrees, 30 degrees, getting up, going to work, you know, having to be working under this dictatorship, people telling you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, when to eat, when, you know, I, you're not getting break. I don't, I don't want to do it, mm. you know? So I'm like, man, thought back to a conversation I had with my pastor, Ray, Ray for Owens, uh, Faith Inspirational, and he told me as a kid, man, if you can do anything, you know, and every, all, all your needs are taken care of, you had housing, you had food, you know, money, all that stuff's taken care of, if you can do anything you want, what would that be? Acting or NBA for me? 
I'm almost 25, bro. NBA is kind of, kind of, kind of shot. It's possible, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like that's a long road, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, long yeah. road for somebody that don't hoop no more, right? <laughs> so I'm like, it'll be, I'd, I'd be an actor. Okay. You know, so I'm intimidated, but I know exactly what to do because I did it already. Exactly what to do as far as how to set yourself up. Yeah. So what do you do? Because this is your reality now. You're seeing your daughter. You want to, you know, set the example. But you got this job. You got to still provide. Yeah. How do you make that transition? What what should do you quit your job? Like, what's your next step? You do both, and you you work on faith, man. You do both, and you work on faith. So what'd you do? You know, I had money. I had a job. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went to um, get some headshots again, right? And that was the hardest part for me was getting the headshots. And I think it was the idea of like once I do that, it becomes real. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually working towards it. Stuff is actually happening once I get these headshots, right? And I haven't always been the most, you know, confident person, mm-hmm. you know, as far as my looks are concerned, right? Mm-hmm. But I get these headshots, man, and I get them back, and I'm like, yo, these are hot. Like, these are good. You actually like them, yeah. Yo, these are good. Like, <laughs> I think people will call me in for auditions with these, mm-hmm. right? So after that, got my headshots, I get my agent. After I get my agent, um, I get into acting classes again, right? And everything's just starting to move. I say, you know what? I want to be on set again. I want to feel the vibe. So I go work as an extra, on this show called Complications, which is now canceled. Mm-hmm. And while I'm working on that, I meet the set medic. They happen to got paid that day. Happen to have gotten paid that day. So he shows me his paycheck. You know, and he gets paid some like two grand for one week of work. I'm like, bro, like, wait, wait, wait. So you get this check every other week? And he's like, nah, nah, man, we get this every week. And this is a short week too. Yo, slow down, bro. So you're getting, you're getting this check four times a month. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm making this four, four times a month, man, this is what we get paid. They bringing the AGs in I'm, I'm like, yo, man. I'm like Brandy, man. I'm trying to be down, bro. What I got to do? This, you know, <laughs> how, 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 how I do this, bro? Yeah. So after that, he mentored me, man. The homie Stefano Smith, man. Really good friend of mine. Um, you know, uh, mentored me, man. And really put me on and showed me how to get this done. So. And I, this is all while you were in EMT still. I was still in EMT. I'm working for Grady at this time. Okay. It's a big ambulance company but, um, in Atlanta. So I start following his lead. And then. On faith again, I go part-time on my job while I'm trying to be a set medic, you know? And two, three months later, I'm working full-time as a set medic. I don't even have time to go work part-time at Grady no more. Wow. And I keep that job for a year because I'm scary mm-hmm. before I finally quit it. You know, so I'm acting, working for Grady, and being and I'm a set medic. And that's the transition, man, taking it one step at a time, you know, taking advantage of these opportunities and moving on faith. Mm. So, I mean, I, I'm... You speak about, you know, at one point you had a, a turning point in your life because, the, you know, your pops was there and advocating for you, decided to make a change. You know, you have this, these experiences and, you know, they're pushing you along to kind of explore new options. And then you get to a point again where it sounds like a, a huge turning point with your daughter mm. and being able to say, you know what, I need to make a change in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? At this point, based on what it is you ultimately want to do. And, of course, there's some challenges along the way, some things that you got to be comfortable to let go. Like, by this point in time, it sounds as if you've got your mind made up a little bit about the direction you want to go in. So who is it that you feel you become? Like, what principles have now guided you to where you are and continue to push you forward? Man, if I could single it down to one thing, it'd be love. 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 I think love is the sole reason why we're here. You know, now it's evolved even more. Like, I've had some success as an actor, which I'm very proud of, but, you know, I found that that doesn't fully fulfill me. You know, we talked about this before, but it's the people, man. 
it's the people I have in my life, and it's my daughter, it's, you know, you, my homie, it's, you know, my friends, my family, it's, it's the people I'm around, the people that look to me and say, you know, oh, man, he's doing this, that looks cool, I want to do what I love to do. Like, that's my favorite message, man. Anybody that ever hits me says, like, yo, you inspire me to do X, Y, and Z, I'm like, yo, that's, that's, that's what I want to do, man. Yeah. You know, so it's really about love, man. I want to make sure that every day I wake up, I'm moving towards love. I'm inviting love into my house, my home, my life, and I'm moving with that, man. I'm creating opportunities and realities for people and telling stories, man, that people love, that I love. It's all about love, man, and I don't think there's any other reason why we're breathing. Mm. You know, other than love each other, love what we do, just, just that's really it, man, you know? And you feel like that's, that's, that's your purpose? To love, yeah. To love. Yeah, you know I mean, in a very, like, you know, primal, like, spiritual way, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, my purpose is to love, and I feel like my purpose is also uh, to tell stories and to inspire people. You to know, I want, I want to tell stories that inspire people, and I want my story to inspire people. Mm. You know, so when you see me on anything, do anything, you know, whether your reaction is, yo, that was amazing, dude's great, oh my God, he's amazing, I'm so proud of him, I'm a fan, or whether it's, yo, he's trash, how did he get to do that? I can do that, mm. right? Mm. You know? Yeah, I like that, I like that. I, I win, like yeah. I win. You know, whether I inspire you by you loving what I do, it's like, yo, I want to do that because he's so good at it, or he's trash, I can do it better, replace whatever it, yeah. it is. If you're inspired by it, I'm good. I want to inspire people, no matter what. Man. No matter what. I feel like that brings us to like, okay, well, you know, you want to tell stories, talk about love, like why, why this podcast? Why helping homies win the podcast, bro? I think the most ancient art, bro, is storytelling. And that's what we do every time we hop on this podcast, bro, we tell stories. You know, we tell stories, we have conversations, we have dialogue that push the culture, that move us forward, man, and, and, and it creates in us this desire and this will to just like keep going, man, you mm. know? And I mean, I know after we have these conversations, man, I'm motivated. Yeah. Bro, I was sleepy an hour ago, now I'm up, bro, I'm lit. You know what I'm saying? But I really want this podcast to be like a, like, like a guide to the younger generation, for real, for real. Like I want them to listen to this and I want them to not make the mistakes we made, you know? To do the things that we did wrong right and to keep doing the things that we're doing right. Mm. I want them to instill them to do that too. You know, but that's what I believe this podcast is going to do, man. We're going to help homies win. Little homies, big homies, the homies, all of them. You know what I yeah, mean? That's what I want this to do, man. So that's what it is, man. Helping homies win the podcast, man. Tools for lifting a generation, man. Hey. Send a tag, bro. It's right there. <laughs> it's right. Hey, man, I appreciate everybody for listening. This is Helping Homies Win the Podcast. We just heard from Antonio Juarez Bell. Hey. Hey, check the homie out, y'all. Greenleaf. Greenleaf. You know what I'm saying? We got Nigerian Prince coming out 2018. <laughs> Bro, Tribeca about to be lit. Tribeca about to be lit. Man. Hey, man, make, make sure y'all keep your ears peeled, your eyes peeled. Thank y'all for supporting. Um, we really just want to keep creating for y'all. And um, until next time. Hey, it's all love. Peace. Peace.